It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. It's Tuesday, March 29th, 2022. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. Just want to remind you that you can message the PissCast anytime you want. Mm-hmm. Just send us a message on social media, send us an email. I'll link that stuff in the description of this this podcast. We love hearing from you. Let us know what you come across, what's going on with you. That's kind of some of my actually my, some of my favorite things that we talk about are things that you send in. So, oh yeah. On today's show, we're going to talk about the, one of the coolest things I've ever seen inside a private residence. One of the like, something you didn't even really know you could have in your house. We're going to talk about hold music. Talk about how weird it is to be house hunting when you really think about it. Uh, some white boy sayings, the most annoying instruments ever, the funniest books to put in a neighborhood little free library, how strange autographs are when you really think about it. Uh, you're going to hear from Brett the Hitman Hart. Yeah. We had him in here a few weeks ago, and then it just so happened that we talked about something today that was relevant to what we talked about with him, so we'll play a clip from that. Um, maybe something you can try to save a bit of money here, although it doesn't sound that too appealing. Your out of context clip of the show. Lord and Lady the, the Lord, Munch. The Lord and Lady of The Lord and Lady of Munch. Yeah, he has Lord Munch and she's got Lady Munch. The BNS and Twenty Minutes or Less podcast. Did you see the vanity plate I posted yesterday on Instagram? I did. Okay. I came across this. I've posted a few of these vanity plates that I can't quite figure out, and this was another one of them. Uh, all one word. It said L D Y M N C H. L D Y M N C H. Hmm. What do you think that says, Shauna? Well, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is Lady Munch. <laughs> yeah, I got a few dozen yeah. messages from people who also thought it said Lady Munch. Well, that's really... That's... <laughs> I mean, it doesn't leave much interpretation for anything else, so... But that, I mean, that raises as many questions as it answers. Yeah, it does. What is... <laughs> yep. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is... What's, what's Lady Munch? How do you get the nickname Lady I'm, Munch? I'm shocked it was even allowed... <laughs> be honest with you it really seemed like I'm, i know it's one of these it's like how did this sneak past the yeah it really seemed like it was on a woman's car i don't know why the car just seemed like it would have belonged to a woman so see and that totally that goes against my theory because i was like is that in response to man eater you know like do these these couples have like like we're gonna we're gonna match up or but you have man eater okay i'll, I'll put lady, <laughs> lady muncher Munch. same thing but for different you know like my friends used to call like like the, you know when you get the munchies when you get super stoned, yeah. they would call it munch. We yeah. wanted to get some munch, munch. so oh, maybe okay. she is really into Hungry. that. But no, I think that's everyone else's mind went somewhere else. So response so, to an ex-wife, like the ex, they divorced. She got man eater, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'll show you." The question, I guess, is like, hmm. is she into Lady Munch? I don't. He or she, I should say. We don't yeah. necessarily know that it's a no. woman. Um, or is she like the lady of Munch? Is she like Munch aristocracy? Is it a title? Is it more like <laughs> Lady Lady Gaga? But she is Lady Munch. Does she like Robert you know, Munch? The Lord. Well, someone said that. Or Edward Munch. Is she the wife of Robert Munch? Could be. The Lord and Lady the, the, Munch. The Lord and Lady of the Lord and Lady of Munch. Yeah, he has Lord Munch, and she's got Lady Munch. <laughs> you two are frigged. <laughs> very strange. Yeah, Lady Munch. Very odd. The BNS and Twenty Minutes or Less podcast. Got a couple cheap tips for you here, Beckler. 
Oh, this is good and good timing. I was just thinking the other day we need to focus more on cheap tips right no now kidding. because it's just Everything so, expensive is so expensive to be alive. Yes. Uh, so this is a simple one. A friend told me that at Superstore they have a rule where if there are no rotisserie chickens out, you know those pre-cooked chickens, mm-hmm. you can ask for a coupon. And he says uh, they they guarantee there will always be chickens out. So if there isn't one, you have to go find somebody who works there and ask for a coupon. And if they say no, no, just a couple of minutes, he says no, no. The rule is that if there's no chickens <laughs> out, you get a coupon for a free chicken. And I'm not seeing any chickens. I don't see any chickens. I think they they call it a rain check. And I They're, think a lot of different grocery stores will do that. If, yeah, which it's great because I mean those things are I don't know I mean, six to ten bucks depending on where you're going. So you get a free chicken if there's not so uh, you get a free one. You get a free one. Oh, it's not even like a coupon for nope. half off next time. It's Mm-mm. a free chicken. He says it's a free chicken. You get a free chicken if you if you tell them. <laughs> We're so, gonna have deal hawks hanging around the chickens. Holy now crap! It's gonna be a bunch of vultures. <laughs> They're gonna come out of the cereal. Just hello. I see. There's no I don't chicken. See chickens. Yeah, so there's... Okay. Okay. Next one. one. Now, this one is really something. I met a guy over the weekend who claims that when he first moved to college, he survived after something called hardtack for a few months. Have you heard of hardtack? I've heard of it. I don't know what it is, though. It's also known as ship's biscuit. It's a bread of sorts with super long shelf life. So it's a bread that you make, and it lasts for months. It okay. can even last a year. Like the, so, like the elvish bread known as Lembes. Uh, sure. Do you know that? Nope. Lembes sustained the fellowship on their journey because nothing grows in Mordor. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, did you just did you just roll your tongue I when did. you said Mordor? That is the most pretentious thing I've ever. <laughs> Holy crap! Anyway, use the proper pronunciation, please. It's a good bread for soldiers or hikers on survival, essentially, because it lasts so long. So he was telling me this guy was like, "I just made a big batch of it because all you need is flour, salt, and water to make this stuff." So he said he made that, and then it's it's hard as nails, but you can warm it up or you can kind of put it in some liquid to loosen that up a little bit, and he eat that. And he said he was eating that and then just whatever he could afford at the time, so like sides of whatever he could get. But Is it calorie-dense, too? Is that the idea? Yeah, or? it's calorie-dense, and it's dense in every other way. It's <laughs> it's so... It's dense on the way out, too. It's, it's so... Just, oh, my... I can't even imagine. Horrible. To create a visual of how nasty the stuff is, if you Google hardtack, one of the top Google returns is... Can hardtack stop a bullet? <laughs> so if you're wondering how hard oh, yeah. the stuff is. It looks like plaster. Yes. It doesn't look like food. But he said that it was super cheap and it was a way that he <laughs> saved a bunch of money because he couldn't afford much else because all you need is flour, essentially. The woman so. in the photo for the recipe is wincing as she bites into yes. it. She's like, ooh, yeah. that's not nice. Like it's one step above eating rocks, really. So, Man, you know things are tough when you're eating food designed for people who are like, Besieged. I actually people who are like dug in behind enemy lines. Honestly, or like they call it ship's biscuit or soldiers' food. You're like, if you're at that point, then my, I'm so sorry. That is where we're at as a country right now. We're thinking about eating hardtack. I'm. I honestly want to make it though, because I'm curious now how bad it really is. So I might make it, and then I mean, you can. I could toss it my like car emergency kit after because it'll last like a year. You sure could. Or if these food prices keep going up, well. Yeah. You can eat leather or you can eat (laughs) hardtack. B and S in 20 minutes or less. On the bike path yesterday, I passed this older woman with really long white gray hair. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking, you don't often see older women keep their hair long like that. Nope. It's a it's a hippie thing for sure. A lot of older hippies will do it. Okay. Maybe had a bit of a hippie vibe going on. Yeah. Because it seems like most women hit a certain age and they start wearing their hair shorter. Yeah, and then eventually you get the old lady perm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 
Well, your hair gets thinner, so you got to get it shorter as it gets thinner, I guess, you know? And then, yeah, you get the full-out wavy and then goes into straight curls. And then the, t- the older you get, the tighter the curls go, I find. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just to make it look fuller? Yeah, the like, closer it gets to your skull there, just really real tight. Her hair wasn't thin. It was glorious. Oh, and she beautiful. looked so worldly. You know, like, she looked like if she told me something, I would just believe it without verifying. I'd be like, well, that's true. My aunt has a friend with long, like, hair like that, yeah. and it's awesome. She just, I know, I can't stop looking at her. Like, it's just amazing. It's very cool if you can pull it off. Yeah. But not many people even try. I mean, Terry does, of course. Yes, of Terry course. Terry will hang on to his long hair well past when its he expiration should. date. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. Uh, Brett the Hitman Hart was in here a few weeks ago yeah. um, talking about his partnership with Romero Distilling. And I, I asked him about that. Well, actually, I thanked him for the work, the great work he's done over the years for guys with longer hair, especially Absolutely. who wear it pulled back. Yeah. Do you take heat for it like I do? No. <laughs> no one's going to mess with Brett and him and Howard. Come on. <laughs> what are you going to say? I think I'd have more problems if I was to cut my hair off. Uh, You'd hear about it? Oh, yeah. I think I'd hear about it. Are people <laughs> particular <laughs> about your appearance? They're just like, we we want you to remain the way that we know you. Don't People know Bret Hart as Bret Hart with long hair. Right. And, uh, you know, I've had people suggest that I maybe, I had one of my brothers suggest a couple of years ago, which is a nice idea for the prostate cancer thing. We go all shave our heads and I'm like, not a chance. Wrestling fans <laughs> would not be cool with that. I'm out of business with a shaved head. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Bret Hart. Yeah. And that's the way I look at it. I haven't cut my hair since uh, I was in grade nine. Really? Not a single haircut? Well, I mean, I've had haircuts, but I've always had long hair. Yeah. Eckler, you can tell your uh, your dad that when he's pressuring you to cut your he's hair. He's all over me to cut it, and I'll say that I Brett, got the blessing from Bret Hart to keep it long. Nine, so. So. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, my dad used to take me, like, you know, that was the thing with my family. Is that you had, I had started to have long hair when it was kind of cool, and it was like, ah, now girls starting to talk to me and stuff like that, and... Also, my dad would drive up, pull into the barber shop, and they just shave my head right bald. Oh, dad! <laughs> it's just <laughs> devastating. Like it just ruined me. And so that, like, I, I, it bothered me so much that when I got a little older, I would, I never cut my hair. Boy, I've had long hair for over 50, 50 60 well, years now. God bless you for doing it. No kidding. Somebody's got to do it. The BNS and Twenty Minutes or Less podcast. You know what seems a little bit weird when you really think about it? Collecting autographs. It's kind of a bizarre tradition when you think about it, isn't it? And especially so many people's signatures aren't even readable. So essentially we're getting excited by collecting scribbles, you know? And the fact that it makes a, a piece of memorabilia worth more if the person signed it. Yeah, and a lot more, yeah. like, depending on who it is. And you look at it, and a lot of the times people who are super famous have the even more abstract stuff. And it, it is. It looks like a blob of ink on a page, and you're like... That made that worth forty thousand dollars. And is it because Crazy. just because they touched it? Yeah. Just because this person touched it, Alex Ovechkin used the bathroom without washing his hands. And right. He touched this jersey. Mm-hmm. It's he more the idea of that. <laughs> and I always like look at him like, do you even know if that's legitimate? Like, obviously, I know people who invest in memorabilia have you know the the authenticity stamp and everything else. But I'm like, it just seems so easy to even be able to forge that. Like. How do you know they touch it? And what are you going to do with that touch? Do you like rub it? Yeah, the fact <sighs> that it was, that, that part is a bit weird. The fact that it was touched by somebody makes it like it's not the same as if you have like a game worn jersey. No. Or like a prop that was used in a film. That's pretty cool. That's that's different. But just yeah. because the person touched it mm-hmm. and wrote their name on it, it's yeah. worth more. That is very weird. Marked it. And I think it's be, it's even weirder now because 
I mean, it used to be proof that you like met the person, right? Or that you had interacted with the person. Can I get your autograph? Yeah. Now we all just take selfies with the person. It's so true. Yeah. that's your proof. Well, and that's what I was wondering. I was like, I wonder if it'll ever change, especially as the signature as a whole is basically a relic of the past now, right? Like That's true. How often do you sign your name? Honestly, like, we don't need signatures anymore. On like a contract or like a bank document. Yep. But other than that, and that's not just really like we have we have facial recognition and body scanners that show your chugger through <laughs> your clothing. We you don't use that signature to verify if somebody is legitimate anymore, right? Good point. Like, oh no, you I can see everything. I can see I can see your doodle, but no, I look at that signature and it's not matching up. So I don't believe it's who you th- say you are. The BNS and Twenty Minutes or Less podcast. I passed one of those little free libraries yesterday that you see. You know, someone will have it on their front lawn. Yep. It's like a little, almost like a little birdhouse, but they're full of books that are just for yep. anyone in the neighborhood to come and borrow and return or put their own in there. And there was a woman peering in, trying, trying to see what what titles she could select from there. Oh, good. I was thinking, what would be the funniest books to put in one of those things? Because there's like no one controls the curation of them, right? You can be the curator of your own totally little free could. library. You can put whatever you want in there. So, yeah. which would be the funniest books, like? Where someone opened the door and looked in and was like, what? <laughs> Why is this in here? Can we do like top 10? Yeah. Top 10 funniest books to stock in your little free library? For sure. Okay, can I go first? Yes. I didn't ask to be born, but I'm glad I was by Bill Cosby. Described as wacky insights into the human condition. Okay, that would be interesting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine, How to Work for an Idiot by John Hoover. <laughs> Just an interesting st- statement. Okay. Number eight, uh, Living the Good Life. This is the free book that you get when you sign up for a gym membership at Good Life. Oh, that's funny. By their CEO, David Patchell Evans. Okay. Uh, and in number seven, Everyone Poops, book by Tara <laughs> Children's Spotty book. trading book, right? Still good, yep. Uh, number six, The Anarchist's Cookbook, which teaches you how to make bombs and stuff. Along the same... Bain. Uh, in number five, the NRA's step-by-step guide to gun safety. <laughs> Just assuming. I don't think there's a lot of overlap between people who use little free libraries and gun owners. No, probably, probably not. Probably not a ton. No, no. Uh, what are we at? Four here? Yeah. Number four, A Shore Thing by Snooky. <laughs> in at number three, Crafting with Cat Hair. Cute handicrafts to make with your cat. That's a real book? That's a real book. Yep. There's also crafting with dog hair if you prefer that one, but would have some people question God, what you're doing out there. Yeah, frightened by whoever picks that up. Definitely. Uh, number two, if I did it by O.J. Simpson. This is the book where he talked about if he had committed that murder, how right. he would have done it. So, okay. yep. And again, along the same vein, in <laughs> number one, watching you by Lisa Jewell, just creep all your neighbors right out, make you. <laughs> Make a question. Who's, you pick that up and you look at it and then you immediately look, look around in look the windows. Look around and you're like, where's the, me- where's the message here? Top 10 funniest books to stock in your little free library. BNS in 20 minutes or less. I was talking to some friends on the weekend about our band and the fact that I play the violin. And it's, it's always interesting when I say that because so many people respond with, oh, I'd love to learn that instrument. And I'm like, it's great and all, but it is potentially the most annoying instrument to learn like when you first, oh yeah, when someone doesn't know how to play the violin, it's bad. Well, and it, it takes 
about a year to just learn the technique of holding the instrument. <laughs> and then after that, another full year of learning how to play it where it doesn't sound like a bunch of dying cats. Like it's I know. I've it sounds like you have a bag full of cats and you've lit the bag on fire. Honestly, like it's, it is it's horrible. For that alone, I put it in the conversation of most annoying instruments ever. Because <laughs> that just stretch of annoyance and then again, you know, it sounds beautiful when you know how to play, but yeah. it doesn't matter. That first year or whatever it takes away from it. It just makes it it's irritating as hell. If you get through that, then you're really committed to the instrument, aren't you? Then you're but then again, like it's a, it's probably another 2 years after that before it then starts to sound good. Doesn't sound like dying cats. Yeah, where if you compare it to like you know, an acoustic guitar, you can show someone how to hold their hands to make a chord yep. and strum it and it will sound nice. Mm -hmm. It'll sound nice. Yep. Violin. Not so much with the violin, nope. right? Bagpipes. I put in the oh, same conversation, man. same thing. If you don't know how to properly play the bagpipe, it sounds awful. I, we had a neighbor kid who played the bagpipes, and I remember him practicing. And he like he didn't live that close to us. Oh my god! And you still knew. Yep. The, Even like, inside, he was playing inside his own house, like quite a ways down the street. And you're like, oh, there it is. And that's the other issue with both those instruments <laughs> is they are fairly loud. Like the violin, also super loud. You can't really tone it down. So when you're, it's awful. I, I got thinking about other annoying instruments though. Like those two, I would put in the conversation of top five most annoying instruments for those reasons. The recorder has to be in there. Uh, the yeah. the yeah. classroom recorder. Absolutely. Yeah. Would you? I don't, except we were we talking about this recently. So many classrooms have shifted from the recorder to the ukulele. Yeah. Yeah, somebody ukulele. mentioned that, which is great. Way better. That oh, makes perfect sense because everybody yeah. realizes how horrible they sound. Why have we done this to ourselves? Yeah, there are other ways to learn simple songs. What about the kazoo? Would you consider that an instrument or is that a play toy? Uh, it's almost it. like a party favor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, if you can get it at the dollar store, it probably should be out of the conversation. Then there's like, I don't see, I'm a, I'm a drummer and yes. I think like drums played by someone who doesn't drum sounds horrible. Yeah, it's true. It just sounds like pots and pans, like mm -hmm. where somebody's like, I'm just going to get back there and bang around and have some fun. It's like, yeah, I'm sure it's fun. It's hard to listen to. It yeah. is. What about the didgeridoo? Oh, I don't know. It's like, got such a, like, have you ever heard someone going to really play it? Yes. It's but got such a pleasing sound. I feel like there'd also be a steep learning curve with that instrument where it just would sound like straight farts going through it if you didn't know how to properly play it. You know what I mean? Is that annoying or is that hilarious? It may, okay, maybe more maybe more hilarious than annoying in that regard. Last year, or this was maybe a couple years ago, we went camping and it was at this campground where like it was, they had way too many people packed in there for the number of spots that they had. Yep. It was like we were camping on top of each other and we had already been in trouble for noise at one point and then my friend pulled out his harmonica Oh. And when he looked away, I took the harmonica and tucked it into my shirt pocket because I was like, we're not doing this tonight. And then he spent the rest of the night looking for it. The next morning, he was like, someone stole my harmonica. And I was like, oh, here it is. Mm, smart. I was like, I'm, I'm saving us from getting kicked out of the campsite because nobody wants to hear your harmonica at midnight at a campsite. I mean, that's funny. I, I really was excited. I was hoping you were going to say you busted out a didgeridoo and just started ripping that. <laughs> no, I would have allowed that. That sounds fantastic. BNS in 20 minutes or less. Can you imagine, though, you're just sitting around with a campfire and somebody starts just playing the didgeridoo? <laughs> he like, pulls all six feet of a didgeridoo out of his pants. I would be most I'd be like, where did you, you brought this out camping, eh? Like, Wow. They do that crazy circular breathing with the didgeridoo, hey, like where they, they sustain a note like through multiple breaths. It's pretty yeah. incredible. It's really cool. Although, again, like, 
I love I love the sound of a didgeridoo and it's impressive, but how long would you want to listen to the didgeridoo? <laughs> like there there's essentially only four or so notes. Like they don't have a ton of range, you know? Well, I mean if you're indigenous to Australia a couple thousand years, you're happy listening to the didgeridoo. But did they did, I mean I I understand like oh but did they listen like for eight hours a night kind of thing or because if <laughs> anybody else got any more requests or I play that one that goes <laughs> I already played that one I'm really digging that one yeah that's that's good oh man <laughs> there are I mean I think you're right like violin seems like a an instrument that's very hard to get good at is that accurate it just takes a long a long time to get good at. Like there's a lot of instruments like piano or guitar for example where you can pretty quickly learn some super basic songs and be able to get away with playing it, yep. right? Violin just that doesn't happen. You you can't do that because again, holding it alone is impossible if you don't know the technique. So it just it takes years to get to that point where you can then improve, right? So yeah. Yeah. I, I have like different categories of instruments. I think there's instruments that are easy to learn, hard to get good at, and hard to learn, easy to get good at. Yeah. So like I think drums, for example, easy to learn, just the basics, but difficult to get very, very good at. Definitely. And I'd put bass guitar in the same category. Like there are lots of people who can play a little bit, not that many people who can really play the hell out of them. Whereas like guitar seems like there's a bit more of a steep learning curve off the start. But there are lots and lots of people who are really good at guitar. Yeah. I mean, violin is a pretty steady progression because even when you get past the the technique itself, like there's no fretboards, right? There's nowhere to be able to know where to put your fingers. So, And that all is constantly learning. Like it is an instrument that, yeah, it's I've always wondered that about like trombone. Yeah. Because there's no, like they have their slide positions, right? But mm -hmm. there's no like markings or anything. Nope. You just kind of have to know, is it muscle memory? Is it, do you play, like you're, Yeah, the you tighter listen? your mouth goes, the, the higher it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The but, more you pucker it? The tighter, the tighter. <laughs> okay, I was going to say something, <laughs> I'm not going to go there. VNS in 20 minutes or less. Well, we always talk about cliche white girl sayings and other words sayings that you'll find in a typical white girl house like my my house mm -hmm. is a perfect example. And then we got talking about what the guy equivalent was. And I was asking you, you know, what you think the cliche white boy sayings potentially are. And I, you know, ran a couple across and yep. we've been discussing this at length. And in front of the show, Nate messaged in with one for us. And it's this one right here. You threw me to the wolves. I came back leading the pack. Oh, yeah. That is... Inject that right into my oh white guy my veins. God. What do you think Holy of that? Crap. Oh, my. That is... It's got, like, that uh, that sort of, like, alpha mm -hmm. twist to it. I'm, I'm the, I lead the wolf back. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Oh, it's... Nate, I was just like, you've you've mastered this. That's yeah, perfect. That's a like, good one. To say that unironically. How, how many Jake Pauls out of 10 do you give that one? How many podcasts out of 10 does this one get? Oh, my God. How many Let's Go out of 10 does that get? Nine, nine and a half. Oh, man, that's almost perfect. <laughs> BNS in 20 minutes or less. Shauna, when you were buying your condo, how many years ago was that? Three, four years ago? Something like that. Do you remember how many places you looked at? Uh, yeah. Yeah, was it a not few? that many. I no? only, I think it was like five or six that I looked at. Okay. Yeah. Because we've looked at a few houses recently, and we looked at one yesterday. And I had this moment at one point. I was standing in the master bedroom, and I was like, "This is weird. You know, this is. It's weird to be in someone else's house like that, isn't it? There. Yeah. I was standing in their master bedroom, like where this husband and wife sleep, where they rinse, and I was like, "They don't know me. I don't know them. It's true. And yet here I am. It's uh -huh. like." 
It's super weird. And I always try to be very respectful, like not touch anything that I don't absolutely have to touch. And But then it's like, it's still, it's still very weird. Yeah. They're going to come home and be like, because I think they're still living in the house. They're going to come home and be like, who was in here? I know. Who was standing right here just a, a few moments ago? It is a bit weird. Super weird. Yeah. It's super weird. The condo that I wound up buying was actually staged. I wonder if that's part of it. I'm like, I feel less weird because no one's living here right now. Yeah, that's, that is less weird, but yeah. like. But yeah, when, when it's in somebody who's strange family's house and the kids' bedrooms is even weirder. Yeah, right. I'm standing in like some kid's bedroom who I don't know. The one actually, the one place I went to, the bed wasn't even made. Oh man! And I'm like, like, did you rush out? Like, what happened? Did you rush out of here in a hurry? Like, what is going on? That's super weird. Like, you just missed him. You can yeah. still smell him in the room, kind yeah, of. It's like the like, real. <laughs> we're coming up the stairs. Get out of there! He's like out the window. Everyone. He's hanging out the window, just waiting for me to leave. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Stop, dead. And then, like, odd. So this house we looked at yesterday. It wasn't the house for us, but for whoever like buys that house, I will forever drive by and be like, yeah, we looked at that house. Mm. Yeah, I've been I've been in their master bathroom and their ensuite bathroom. Isn't that weird? Yeah, or even like with my I mean, my parents have sold their house, and now if I ever drive by it again, I'll be like, who's who's sleeping in there now? Who's sleeping in your room? Yeah, right. Who's in who's in my room? Who's in my parents' room? Who's in those beds these days? Hmm. <laughs> Very weird. Odd, odd process. The BNS and Twenty Minutes or Less podcast. I was put on hold yesterday, and we've joked about how bad hold music is, and it. You know, it just doesn't make any sense because it's it's that fuzzy, it sounds terrible, it cuts in and out, and it's like we can perfect everything else, but somehow we can't figure out how to just make hold music a little bit better. This one, though, was much clearer, but it was a cover of, I think it was Beethoven's Fifth, and it was on the xylophone. Okay. And I don't know if you've ever heard xylophone through a phone, but it was so piercing and pitching that like I actually had to move my ear away from the phone because it just it hits you in a way that just it was deafening. But then maybe you could hear it when the phone wasn't up against your ear. Oh, okay. So maybe that's you could what just they were set the phone for. down and still hear it. I mean you could do it with speaker phone too, but yeah, maybe. I it was so often though I was like, are they trying to find the most annoying music possible just and then I thought about this and conspiracy popped into my mind and I was like Maybe they're actually trying to make you not want to ever phone them because mm. interjected in between this really annoying music was, by the way, you can do all of this online. And they were trying to <laughs> encourage you to go and, of course, deal with their automated system. Right. No, you don't want to go online. All right. Here's more horrible ear piercing. Horrifying music <laughs> that hurts your ears. Music. It's kind of like how uh, the mall by my house used to play classical music at the entrances, thinking that it would scare off the kids who would loiter there. That's why they did it? I think so. Yeah, because they didn't want kids loitering around the doors and like smoking darts and stuff. So they would play this horrible hilarious music. I don't know. I don't know if it worked or not. Maybe the joke was on them and the kids came to really appreciate classical music. Well, it's funny because I, I was just thinking about that and I was like, you know, most places you, you know, are put on hold now all will say like WestJet and all the airlines. Now they're like, you can do all this online. By the way, is this what you're here and calling for? Then do that online. I was like, wouldn't be shocked if some of them were like, well, let's make it really uncomfortable for them to be on hold so that they think about going online next time because it saves you money. You don't have the live people that you have to then deal with because all those systems online are automated. When you call us and we put you on hold or even our office upstairs, if yeah. you call a reception and they put you on hold, I think it's the station, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder if there's anyone sitting on hold right now. Hey. There might be. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's hold going for you? I mean, that's a, a lot better than xylophone classical music, <laughs> which I didn't even think was a thing. Is Beethoven's Fifth, is that the bum, 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 bum? Is yes. it that one? Mm-hmm. But with xylophone. Mm-hmm. 
Think yeah, that, about that for a minute. I wouldn't sit through that nope, for too long. I don't think anyone would. <laughs> the BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. My mom sent me this video yesterday, uh, and she got it from a friend of hers who had attended this kid's birthday party. And it was at, it was held at this family's house in like the ritzier part of town. Mm-hmm. And in this video, I will try to show you here, Shauna, but this kid gets into this glass tube. Oh, that's And the fancy. kid's wearing a bathing suit and gets yeah. into this glass tube. And then the tube, she pans out, and the tube is actually an elevator, and it's taking the kid to the second floor of their indoor pool. Oh my god! So they have a full, okay. a full water slide. That's like, insane. Like it's as good as a hotel pool. It looks like a hotel pool, but it's in but this with family's an elevator. house. With and with a glass elevator that takes you up, so you don't have to walk the stairs up to the water slide. Wow! It's. The coolest thing I think I've ever seen in a private residence. That's insane. And I didn't even know you could do this. Nope. Like, it's not one of those, you know, like the slides people have at their at their backyard pools or whatever, right? Yep. They're like just little plastic ones that take the one turn. No, so this is a fully full enclosed. tube, like yep. bolted. It's got wow. water. On. It's, yeah, I didn't know you could put that in a house. Nope. I was like, that's I mean, with enough incredible. money, I guess you can put anything in a house, but I've never seen that before. But that like, is insane. What and would that cost? An elevator. Like and an elevator, yeah. The kids don't have to walk to the to the top of the slide. Gotta a glass be honest, elevator takes them up. The kids can walk up, okay? I don't. Yeah. That seems a bit. That's that's outrageous. I, I agree. The slide, super cool. The glass elevator, it's like okay, now you're just flexing. Now, now you're just, just showing off, yeah. right? That's yeah. Just, but anyway. I was like, what would that cost? Like, how much would a hotel style pool cost to put in a house? I looked this up. You know, because I've never been the type of person that's really driven by money. No. You know, I wouldn't have gone into radio if my goal was to get very, very wealthy. Of course, yeah. But when I saw this, I was like, well, maybe I could make a little more money, you know? like. No, my God. <laughs> if you told me that, like, I don't know, for an extra 200000 bucks, you could have this in your house, I would want to go out and make an extra 200000 bucks because it's so cool. Okay. But I think it's probably more than that. Yeah. Because I was looking into it, and they say like the average in the United States, the average indoor pool is about one hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars, and this is quite a bit more intense than the average right. indoor pool. So I'm thinking half a million for something like this, maybe more. Wow! Which I mean, is, I would sacrifice the house itself just to have that. I'm like, okay, I don't care about the rest of it. Just, <laughs> just give me the indoor pool with this water slide. Okay, I can live right beside it. We whatever. live in this one tiny corner of the house. Yeah, and I'll the rest live in the, the elevator for that matter. That's fine. <laughs> the BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Well, recently on this radio program, we were talking about Dad's cookies, and I made the bold statement that crunchy cookies like Dad's need not exist because a soft, moist cookie is always better. And yeah, pe- people were not happy about that. They were not. We said oh. Dad's cookies are terrible. Yep. Soft cookies are better than hard, dry, crunchy cookies. And we got some backlash, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. A lot of people saying Dad's cookies are perfect for dunking as they don't get soggy. That was the big argument for Dad's cookies. Mm-hmm. Well, I did some research into this, okay? In the art of cookie dunking, and I learned that a soft cookie can also effectively be dunked. And this was all thanks to 1999. Len Fisher, who is a scientist, a physicist, actually, who investigated the optimal dunking experience. And I dug through this. Okay, he did an entire paper. I think it was 52 pages on this. (laughs) Not going to get through it all. But here we go. First off, a little history. 
The dunking experience originated in ancient Rome when cookies were very hard, so they had a longer shelf life. Back then, the Romans would dunk their cookie in wine to soften it up. This, again, an argument against the hard cookie. The only reason hard cookies even ever existed was because they had a longer shelf life when we didn't have the technology to make a cookie softer. Okay? Which, to me, is just evidence that this is what hard I'm saying. cookies aren't that good. I know. Okay. Anyway, moving on to the dunking experience itself. The best liquid to activate your cookie dunking experience is milk. Okay. Which will come as no surprise to nope. many people. Uh, physicist Len also proved that most people still prefer a moist cookie to Dunkin'. And he has said the best option is to dunk your cookie horizontally rather than vertically. So the underside of the cookie becomes a little most moist rather and the upper side still holds its structural integrity. That's a high stakes game though. You risk dropping it right into the milk. It's true. You have to be careful with that and you have to make sure you have a big glass or a big mug. And okay. A, and a tight grip on it. Really, I mean like a Definitely. saucer would be ideal if that's what you're after. I mean, if you stuck a fork in the top of your cookie and dipped it that way, kind of, you know, like a, a little just a plop in and out, then that would be good. A pair of forceps would do it too, that or some sort good. of like caliper. A device. You just make your own device. Yeah, okay. Anyway, the ideal time to dunk is under five seconds. Any longer and all cookies, regardless of crunchy or moist, will start to lose their structural integrity. Okay. They don't just become saturated at some point? No, nope, no. Nope. Also, any longer, and they say no more liquid is actually absorbed. So if you go beyond five seconds, it just sticks that way, and then it just gets soggier and soggier the longer. So they do saturate. Okay. Two, two seconds is even more optimal, as all cookies absorb about 80% of their potential liquid within two seconds, and that's all you want. I mean, I'm happy that Len's research, Len Fisher's research mm -hmm. supports our position, but Len didn't have a whole lot going on, did he? Okay, honestly. Len, Len was real busy go, in his chosen field of study. If you Google physics of biscuit dunking, you're going to find this. You're going to find <laughs> his research. And it is. He's got like tables and he has all kinds of visuals. To, it's it's a lot. Like, Len, I don't know what you're doing with your life, but really, this is what you devoted your life's work to. Great work, Len. <laughs> You've been listening to the BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS and 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.